better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Real Science Cast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick apart the science. My name is Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. And I am Michael Pace. Uh, as all of you know, this is a podcast where we pick a movie, and then we talk about the science contained within that movie, and sometimes we do a mailbag episode. And sometimes when we do that mailbag episode, our co-hosts betray the person who does everything for this podcast. I, I think that's just edited a fine episode of one of these mail one of these mailbag episodes. And I heard the fucking shit you guys said. And if you think you can take the throne from the king, you better fucking come to play. Because daddy's can back. I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. I yeah, have I, I have no, no clue. I think we said only good things, mm. right? Listen. I was drunk. I was so fucking drunk. All right, Sean. Thank you. What movie did we watch this week? Well, thanks. After that fucking great, uh, <laughs> the fucking pump up from <laughs> leader of the podcast, Kenan Smith. Um, oh, I guess I guess we could just go with the show. It's a democracy. This is hey listeners. This mm-hmm. is what Pace and I were talking about. Look at this fucking fool coming in here, ruining the show with his, I don't know, solid and downtrodden vibes. <laughs> Um, this week, listeners, we watched the movie Flubber. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what you're thinking. Wait, Flubber? I saw that when I was like fucking six. And you're right, because <laughs> yep. it came out in 1997. <laughs> yep. And that's when that's how old I was when Flubber came out. So it's a, it's a movie, and we watched it. It stars mm-hmm. Robin Williams and... Um, you know, there's some other notable Come actors on. in there, but really, it's Robin Williams. All right, Christopher McDonald, <laughs> what, Kenan? who uh, Pace very astutely pointed out is Shooter McGavin. Yeah, he is. Uh, yes, Shooter McGavin's there. Jodie Benson is in it, and she is the voice and singing voice of Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Wait, who voices uh, Weebo? That's Jodie Benson. That voice is hot, and I'd like to get intimate with it. Well, it's Ariel, okay. so there you go. There's some, All right, I can get on board with that. Some deep-seated okay. stuff in your brain. Also, Clancy Brown is like goo number two. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does the voice of Mr. Krabs, and he's also the Kurgan in uh, Highlander. He is. So, yeah, he is. Yeah. He also does uh, Dr. Neo Tor- Cortex in the Crash Bandicoot video games, which is very good. Dr. Nice. Neo Cortex? He's also like... Mm-hmm. Oh, that hurts me. He's also the antagonist in Animal House, you know? <laughs> So a lot of fun stuff from Clancy Brown. Wait, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> what? You, you didn't know that, Kenneth? Yeah, I didn't know that one. <laughs> you don't just have like a fucking photographic memory of Animal House like I do because I watched it once and somehow remember all of it? Yeah. I mean, I knew he was in Starship Troopers, but I wasn't ready yeah. with an Animal House pull. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He was in Starship Troopers. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's also Raymond J. Berry, Ted Levine. Oh, Will Wheaton is fucking in it as Wesley oh, Crusher. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's right. I forgot you know? about that. And he actually is playing Wesley Crusher in this movie. He plays the same character in every Basically, goddamn film right? he's in. It's a star-studded cast. I think I think we've stalled enough about yeah. who's in this fucking movie. I think we should probably talk about the disclaimers. Yeah, we, we should. We should. We should do that. And I'm going to do that for you today. Um, Thank this you. Is, this is a podcast about uh, this is a podcast about science, and science can get a little wordy sometimes. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to use the least amount of words as possible, but knowing Kenan and Sean, we're not going to be successful. Uh, and okay. then what we're also going to do is we're going to... we're going to on this episode. We're going huh? mm-hmm. to say some bad words. Um, those are the good ones. Those are the good words. The bad words are the good words. And everything else that Sean and Kenan says are, are not good words. Wow. So, uh, bear in mind that there will be some lots of science words and bad words. If you don't want those in your ears, that you should you should put the the relevant people that shouldn't have those in a different place, and then you can listen to our program and learn about the science of the movie Flubber, uh, 
uh take it away podcast boys yeah that was a once again pace <laughs> excellent non-convoluted <laughs> disclaimer extremely good well executed mm-hmm. probably i would say in your words using the least amount of words possible yeah. to convey <laughs> that information to the listeners thank you uh so thanks again i gotta say while i was working today um i made the mistake of listening to the uh impeachment hearing um and I, there, I'm getting a very, oh. very strong, similar, similarly succinct vibe from how you did the disclaimers <laughs> as pretty much everyone who talked yeah. the entire time during the hearing. So what you're saying is that they talked with little little to no intention or or idea of what they were trying to get across. Yeah, basically. See, normally I no always do that. No at all from these politicians. Absolutely zero obliviation. No breathing. Indeed. All right, guys. Let's do our normal thing. We're going to roll a d20. Okay. And then see who's going to do our five-minute plot synopsis of the movie. Floor. I'm ready. Oh, baby. You know if I get this, it's going to be a lot less than five minutes. Oh, yeah. Don't don't worry. We, we know how this works now. Oh, shit. Okay. What'd you get? What'd you get? I got a five. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Well, guess what I got? What? A 19. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I got a 7, yeah. so Sean. Oh, shit. Okay. You will have the yeah. pleasure. Joke's on you guys. I was going to fucking do it anyway. I mean, uh, probably. <laughs> At the very <laughs> least, you were going to do a better job. All right, guys. Let's wrap. That's true. Oh, Did no. Sean just freeze? Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Jesus Christ. Listeners, we just... <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, we just paused for a second earlier, and Sean went to reset his router because he was a full two seconds behind us. So, uh, stay with us because it's going to be a bumpy ride tonight. I think we're, I think we're good. Everything's still normal. Okay. I just my internet just like cut out and cut back. I think it just synced up to my Wi-Fi extender. So I think we're good. Got it. Okay. Okay. Right. Ready? I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Pace. Fuck. All right. Pace has <laughs> left the room. Sean, just go ahead. Just do, just do the plot. <laughs> All right, all right, okay. I'm trying to remember how the movie starts. <laughs> Doesn't the oh, movie... Yeah, I remember. Okay. It's a fucking Wallace and Gromit intro mm-hmm. where um, uh, the professor... What's his name? Played by Robin Williams? Uh, something Brainerd. Professor Brainerd. Yeah. Dr. Brainerd. Philip Brainerd. Phil. He is... Um, he wakes up in bed and he starts getting up and getting ready. And instead of actually getting ready, he has his fucking Rube Goldberg, Wallace and Gromit contraption, mm-hmm. make him pancakes and eggs and stuff. And we get introduced to his like quirky lifestyle, how he's like wild inventor who works at a college and has a house full of robots that do stuff for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see one of the main characters of the movie, Weemo, who is his... Weebo. Weebo. We 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 bow. That's what I meant. Jesus. We bow. His assistant, we remote. <laughs> yes. His assistant, we bow mm-hmm. with a B. Mm-hmm. Um she is his little flying robot friend that he built, and she basically keeps track of his schedule. And the whole reason this is important in the beginning of the movie is that this is how they establish that even though um, he is a extremely brilliant professor. He is extremely absent-minded and forgetful and has really trouble doing, I would say, most tasks other than research. Um, yeah. So that is sort of established in the first, like, five minutes of the movie. And that we know this because he is supposed to get married to the love of his life. I think her name is Sarah, right? Yes. Um, and that is played by... You can do this. Marcia Gay Harden. Nice. Um, yes. And he's supposed to get married to her. Apparently, this is the third time that he was supposed to get married, but he's so absent-minded that he never showed up to the church on either of the other times. So there you go. My question is, how 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 does a woman <laughs> let... Oh, he's so lovable, let it, Pace. Yeah, but that marriages involve deposits and... And getting things ready, and if you <laughs> so the pregnancy, you know what I'm saying? It's a very good... <laughs> fucking got him. Uh, all I'm saying is that if I were <laughs> Sarah, I'd be so so gone, 
So, 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 so gone. Yeah, uh, Sarah should have done what was good for her a long time ago and gotten out yep. of this relationship. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, she should have married Shooter McGavin. No, no both fuck of them that are guy terrible. Too. They're both awful. <laughs> they both don't give a shit about Sarah. Okay, right. guys, we can't keep talking about the characters until I get to the All plot. right, fair okay, enough. Okay, that's fine. So, so we find out that the college is going to close, the college that um, Phil works at, um, and it's because they like owe a bunch of money or something. And for some reason, it's like up to him to help raise the money for the college. I don't yeah. understand why. That's definitely not how it works. But anyways, that's the point. Um, and he has been working on making a form of like clean energy or something or like never ending energy. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and we actually get introduced while he's at work to one of the antagonists in the movie um, who is, I'm just going to call him shooter, but what's his name? <laughs> you totally should. Like, uh, he's Christopher, Christopher McDonald. McDonald. Yeah. Christopher McDonald. The guy's name um, is Wilson Croft, but it's Wilson funnier Croft. to call him shooter McGavin. It's shooter McGavin. Right. Because he basically plays the exact same Absolutely, character. Which he is does. Just like yes. The douchebag antagonist. Yeah. Also, but to uh, Christopher McDonald's credit, uh, his character also functions as the Wikipedia article for this movie because within two seconds of him showing up, Robin Williams is like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm here to steal your ideas so that you can't save the college and also steal your fiance away from you. And like literally just says all of that verbatim and he might as well just be like looking at the camera and winking whenever he says it. Yeah. I, I was going to say, so yeah, I was going to say, say the same thing, right? Like he is the antagonist and the writers of Flubber were like, you know, why like write a story where characters, <laughs> you know, motivations get revealed yeah. by their actions. Let's just have him just say, I am the bad guy <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, and yeah. then look at the camera. Cause that's exactly what they fucking did. Yeah. He literally comes up and is like, I, and they're like, I don't like you because you steal my ideas. And he's like, I know. Uh, aren't I a stinker? Yeah. And just like, looks at him and you're like, what? Christopher <laughs> like, McDonald fucking- walked in on the first day of shooting and, and, they gave him a script and he was like, wait, what are my motivations? And then he wrote them down on the top of the script and then read them as his first lines. <laughs> yeah, the motivation was low budget movie didn't write enough plot. Yeah. And he was like, okay, I can figure, I can fix this. I'll yes. just say <laughs> I'll what say I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So basically Christopher McDonald says to Robin Williams, um, what are you working? He's like, what are you working on? And he's like, why? So you can steal? He's like, yeah, because I'm trying to steal your ideas. He was like, also, I'm going to steal your wife tomorrow because you're not going to show up to the wedding because you're a fucking clown. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we'll see about that. Um, let's cut ahead to the next day. Robin Williams is supposed <laughs> to show up to his wedding. And uh, guess what? He fucking doesn't because he's a fucking clown. He is a clown. Uh, but instead, the reason he doesn't show up is because he is in his basement making a scientific breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is inventing his energy machine, and he's calling it Flubber. Uh, and basically, he has a breakthrough that he needs to rapidly change the temperature from hot to cold on the Flubber in order to get it to work. Right. Somehow, I don't know why that's the case, but that's what he's saying. <laughs> we'll we talk, about, talk about yeah. it for sure. Um, but basically, he's in the basement, and Weemo Weebo doesn't fucking tell him. That he's about to miss his wedding because she's in love with him. Yep. His little robot flying helper uh, is in love with him. So Robin Williams makes Flubber. He's all excited. He's like, oh my god, I did it. This thing, it, it's, oh, by the way, it's sentient and alive just because. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but right. it is. Yep. Um, he starts characterizing it, uh, realizes that if you take a picture of it, uh, Flubber fucking freaks out and bounces around the house and destroys everything in your basement. Yeah, like hates light or something. Exactly. So he doesn't go to the wedding. Um, Shooter McGavin fucking picks up his uh, wife-to-be, Sarah, and she just, like, goes out with him, I guess. I don't know. It's really weird. I guess, like, because he's there. Because that's all <laughs> That's all you have to do to, to, to get a woman to love you. You just have to be there, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. That's how that works. He, like... He swoops in and takes advantage of her weakened emotional state. I guess. Uh, yes. This is a 90s film. Yep. So. Yep. And <laughs> women have yeah. zero agency. They are notorious yeah, for their weakened emotional states in the 90s. Absolutely. Of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, meanwhile, aside from this 
thrilling love story. Uh, <laughs> there's also a side plot where uh, Will Wheaton, who basically just plays Will Wheaton. I don't even know. He's He plays like a stuck-up, spoiled kid whose father is like... Yes, yes. Well, whose father is like a millionaire who's in charge of the college, who ha- owns the college and is basically the one who is about to close the school because he's not making a profit, something mm-hmm. like that. And he's just a huge douchebag and is like, hey, dad, one of my professors, I got kicked off the basketball team because one of my professors didn't give me an A like they were supposed to do. And it turns out it's uh, Dr. Brannard, Dr. Phil, the flubber man. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm going to send my goons after them to convince him to give you an a Mm -hmm. um and so he sends goon number one and goon number two hold on hold on before you continue yes i need to give this its due and i i understand they're stock goon number one and stock goon number two but the great clancy brown plays a character named smith and Ted Levine, who you might recognize as Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, oh yeah, uh, that's right, plays a character oh named. Oh my god! Yeah, he plays a character named Wesson. So the two security guards are Smith and Wesson. That's that's trying oh too my hard. God. Oh yeah, no. I didn't even. I did not. I'm so glad you stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! They fucking named these characters Smith and Wesson. One's, one's name is Colt, and the other's is 45, and they decided to... <laughs> one of them's name is Guns, and the other one's name is Ammo. Oh, I thought going to say Roses. Oh okay. Um. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> one of them's name is Lead, and the other one's name is Zeppelin. <laughs> Lead and Zeppelin. And Zeppelin. Zeppelin, get in here! Yeah. <laughs> Fucking... Okay, that's that's wild. I'm glad you said Yeah, but so for the purposes of this, they play good number one and good number two. So while this is all transpiring and there's like this cut scene with like Will Wheaton and the goons, um, Robin Williams has like a breakthrough where he's like, the flubber was out of control. Maybe if I modulate the gamma radiation or something, <laughs> I don't know. He says a bunch of shit about radiation. I can control the movement of the flubber. So he basically, like, somehow makes, like, adapts Flubber into a car engine and then figures out a way using radiation, apparently, to control the way where the Flubber moves. And this allows his car to move in three dimensions so it can fly now. Um, so that's something that happens in the meantime. Uh, basically, he overhears a conversation between uh, Sarah and Shooter McGavin about the upcoming basketball game between their college and a rival school. Um, and they basically have a bet where Shooter says, you know, if we uh, basically if we lose, you have to come with me on a weekend getaway where I'm going to romance you or something like that. Mm -hmm. And Sarah takes this bet, I guess. I have no idea why she likes this guy. It's wild. Yeah. It's so weird. He's also betting against the school that he works at. (laughs) It's really wild. (laughs) It's It's, it's like watching the human version of negging. Like that's who this person is. (laughs) So Robin Williams in his flying car is like hovering above and hears this. And he's like, I'm going to prove to Sarah that like flubber works and like then she'll understand why i missed our wedding and i'm gonna do that oh by God. winning the big game hold on do you know this this reminds me of in encino man when sean Aston tries to impress his girlfriend <laughs> by saying i found a fucking caveman in my backyard yeah. <laughs> will you fuck me please yes yeah it's the same thing it tur- i don't understand uh, it turns out if you want to win a woman over you either have to Find a man out of time or help a college cheat at sports. Yeah. <laughs> These are the things on the Using list. Whimsical antics, of course. Of right. course. Uh, so basically, Robin Williams goes back to his house and is like, I am going to figure out how to use Flubber to help win the game. So he starts getting pieces of powdered Flubber, the sentient being that he has now created, mm-hmm. and just pulverizing it into small pieces and mixing it into quote hand cream i'm Mm -hmm. guessing it's lotion but i don't know he's got a lot of fucking hand cream in his house 
Um, and he just starts rubbing it on objects. And if he rubs it on like a golf ball and throws it, the golf ball now just like bounces off everything and never stops moving. Mm-hmm. While he's doing all these experiments, he's like rubbing Flubber on like a bowling ball and a golf ball. And they're just bouncing around out of control. Uh, fucking Smith and Wesson <laughs> come to his house to uh, convince him slash bully him into giving Will Wheaton an A. And while they're staking out his house and he's in the basement doing these experiments, they are just getting home alone destroyed by these golf balls and bowling balls. Mm -hmm. So it's a full on like fucking Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern. Yeah. Daniel Stern vibe. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's great. They're just getting pulverized and he's coming up with, uh, Robin Williams coming with his plan to win the game. So basically now evil college dick bag, millionaire is aware of flubber because his goons fill him in they're like he's got something that attacked us with the golf ball Mm -hmm. how is he doing it Mm -hmm. um so he's kind of on to phil then we go to the big game where robin williams basically just puts flubber on all of the people's shoes on uh his team i don't even know what their team name is but they're a bunch of nerds playing basketball yeah they like they give them like a like a standard this is a bad college with a bad team name team they're called like i think they're called the squirrels actually the squirrels not like the the forget about me's or (laughs) yeah it's it's the it's the medfield forget about me's and the rutland murderers yeah that's basically oh rutland and medfield yeah so yeah, they even have the guy who plays Ted the lawyer in Scrubs just as the coach who just looks like a big old nerd. So, oh, you're fucking right. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Him, right? That's Sam pull, Lloyd. Huh? Yeah, I was trying to Sam figure Lloyd. out who the fuck this was because I was like, oh, I That's yeah, right. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so basically their team sucks. No surprise. They're losing. Shooter McGavin's, they're like, man, I can't wait to bang Sarah in the mountains this weekend or whatever. <laughs> and then the flubber starts kicking in. And all of the players are bouncing like 20 feet in the air, flying through basketball goals, just like dunking on uh, the fucking Rutland murderers. No, no problem. Mm-hmm. And they end up winning the game by one point. And everyone's like, whoa, this is amazing. And then Sarah's like, guess I'm not sleeping with you. It's like, crotch chop, crotch chop. And, um, and Robin Williams goes up to Sarah and he's like, I did that in the game. Like, I helped us cheat and win. And it was with Flubber. Don't you believe me? And she's like, listen, you poor, poor child. That's not how you get a woman no. and yeah. then walks away. <laughs> this isn't no. going to fix the multitude of problems that we have. Yeah. Uh, so he goes home all disheveled. I know I'm doing a lot of plot, sorry, but I it's all flooding back to me like a fucking <laughs> bad dream now that I'm going through it. Um, and Weemo, he tells Weemo, he's like, Weemo, Weebo. Weebo, Weebo. I, just, I just love Sarah so much. And I fucked up so bad. And Weebo feels bad um, for Phil and goes over and like flies over to Sarah's house and is like, I need you to see this video I just took of him confessing his love for you because he really means it. And that wins Sarah over. Turns out emotions, not uh, fucking energy bouncing resources, is how, how you win women over. So Sarah comes over to Phil and she's like, Phil, I'm going to give you another chance. I love you let's work on this flubber thing and sell your flying car, make a bunch of money and save the college. Uh, so they go to do that. They are like in the midst of trying to do this deal when evil college dick bag, um, millionaire mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. That's a good name for him, right? Sure. Raymond J. Barry as Chester. Who nicker? <laughs> uh, <laughs> shows up and basically says like, oh, I'll buy Flubber from you and waive your college debt. And they're like, no, you're an evil, bad man. And he's like, okay, fine. And then he comes back later that night with the goons uh, to steal Flubber. The goons uh, have to fight Weebo. Uh, Weebo is like hitting them a lot by ramming into their heads. And then they basically destroy Weebo with a baseball bat. They like knock her silly. And they steal Flubber. They, Robin Williams basically is able to get the, like, design patterns from Weebo's dying body to make a new Weebo because he's, like, emotionally attached to her and he's, like, crying. It's, like, it's his, like, you know, like, his, like, daughter? I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> they're like, we're going to go avenge Weibo and go kill or like, you know, thwart millionaire college dickbag. It's actually like an incredibly, incredibly dark scene. Yeah. Like if it was a person, you'd be like, "Wow, this movie's rated R." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it but happened it's a robot. Here and I was like, "Shit, did I watch this when I was a kid?" Fuck. Robin Williams also like people. We know he's a, he's also a good actor, even though this movie sucks. Like when he's crying about Weibo, I'm like, "Oh, Weibo!" It's pretty. You know, it's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So final scene. Sorry, this is going on so long. Robin Williams and Sarah go to confront millionaire college dickbag Will Whedon and Goon and Smith and Wesson. Mm-hmm. And they basically say, like, we want to, like, since they took Flubber, he's like, you're going to need someone to show you how to use it and stuff. Like, take this deal. I'll help you out or whatever. And they end up pulling the old Shyamalan twist on them. They've coded all of their <laughs> stuff in, in Flubber and they just have a, a goofy bouncing fight scene break free where, um, you know, they're just fighting off the goons and Will Wheaton and everything using the power of Flubber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they win. They're triumphant. They like, uh, I believe actually Shooter McGavin swallows Flubber and then shits it out. That's at, true. Uh, oh my Rocket God, speed. that fucking yes. did happen. Yes, he also says, ooh, mommy, right before <laughs> it comes out of his butt. It's pretty wild. There's also a really long, drawn-out Three Stooges scene where <laughs> fucking Wesson has a squirt gun that he took off of Robin Williams, and the guy just keeps <laughs> saying, give it to him, and he just keeps squirting him in the face. Uh, he's like, no, give it to him. No, yeah, yeah. give, give <laughs> no, him the gun. Take the and gun like, and give it to him. Yeah, And he's like, in his hand, and he starts squirting him in the hand. It's fucking, oh man, it is it's unbearable. quite honestly, the funniest fucking thing in this movie. <laughs> it is. I was waiting for him to just turn around and step on a rake instantly. It was like, exactly I was like, <laughs> what I needed at that moment. I, I actually audibly laughed at this and was like, no, this is fucking good. <laughs> I think I audibly groaned just like wow this is <laughs> they're just not even fucking hiding it anymore nope uh, but basically they they thwart the villains they save the day they f- get married via a remote wedding um, who the f- who and <gasps> okay no yeah, go on you know hey listen it's 2019 now i wouldn't be surprised if someone uh, did this <laughs> yeah I mean, it's it's fine it's fine however they want to get married is fine fourth time's the charm i guess so, i guess they get married, they fly off into the sunset in their flying car, and they're going to Hawaii, and it's like, whoa, happy ending, and then that's it. Yep. All the things you say to me. Nice. You know. Well, that yeah, just... to the edge. Uh, about a break. Lincoln Park's pretty good. I think the fourth time wedding via Skype is, I think that's how the foundation for a successful relationship. I agree. Yep. So, guys, now that I've fucking described in detail you have. the plot to the movie yes, Flubber, yes. can we please talk about the science of this film? We absolutely can. If it's cool with you, I want to start off with two quotes from this movie yes. that I think help us address a little bit of science. Because okay. uh, there's a lot of scenes in this movie where, uh, like many science fiction films, I don't. I wouldn't call this a science fiction film. Let me back no. that up. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's a family uh, film. Like many films that there's even a little bit of science in, uh, a character typically just rattles off gibberish uh, into uh, into whatever void that he is currently working in um, that just kind of sounds sciencey. I heard tell, and I can fact check this when somebody else is talking and I have time to Google it, but I heard tell that Bill Nye assisted on set uh, with this uh, with this movie. But Bill Nye, what? I love Bill Nye. Yeah. <laughs> he is not a fucking pro scientist no. necessarily. No, he's I not. Would, I would call Bill Nye a science representative, and yes. I say that very use- loosely. Yeah, so I'm not surprised. If you said Bill Nye helped write this, I would be like, maybe? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, agree. I mean, yeah. he has a master's in engineering, so clearly he's so, That's so true. qualified. Well, actually. Do uh, it. This is probably the best application of that that uh of that graduate degree in this case because at least this uh, is about engineering. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm gonna lead off with one quote. So uh, early in the movie, when uh, Professor Brainerd has his like revelation on whatever he needs to be doing in order to get Flubber to work, he says the hydrocarbons have been inhibiting the copper pairs. But if you go from hot to cold very quickly, you get a conductive polymer and you complete the metastable sphere. Behold, there it is. Now it'll work. Yes. 
Man, you really hate to see the hydrocarbons inhibiting the copper, you know? It's the copper, just... Yeah, the copper sphere. I don't know how else you're going to get a metastable sphere. I really don't. Right, yeah. I don't really know how else that's going to work. I mean, is it just a classic pitfall that most amateur basement scientists fall into? That's true. <laughs> he is doing science in his basement. Is It's his house. His house is his lab. Right, doesn't he have a lab, like, at he, the college? He, do you remember? No, he had a lecture hall, and he had everything, all that shit set up at the front of his class. Like, it was some sort of, you know, whenever Shinobu Gavin comes in, it's like, I'm going to take your all your ideas. Your ideas are all yeah. in your lecture hall. Why? Why are they there? Why? Yeah, yeah, no, you raise a very good point. Uh, as a professor, um, who I, it seems like is doing research, Yes. He not only should be doing his work at uh, at school, but I'm pretty sure he can't take any of that work home with him. No. No. Right? Absolutely not. And he certainly can't be doing that operating with school funds out of his own home. Nope. He doesn't even look like he's complying to uh, environmental health and safety oh, standards. Oh, most certainly not. Most certainly oh, not. Um, no, definitely not. And the hydrocarbons aren't working with the copper shit. And so, that's Kenan, the main what does that red mean? Flag, right? <laughs> right? That's exactly. That's the main what is red it? flag. Yeah, that's the big it's red just, flag. It's we draw the line here, yes. Robin. Okay. Listen, I fucking don't know anything about superconductors, so I don't know what a metastable stable sphere is. But what I can tell you is that when you heat polymers, that's when they get a rubber-like tendency. So what he's working with is what we would regard as a polymer uh, is a uh, in this case a conglomerate of very 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 long molecules all linked together. Uh, in different configurations that give something like a flowy viscosity, basically. So many polymers, like depending on how complicated they are, can be hard like plastic, or they can be more flowy like, uh, I don't know, like heated glass is a good example. Um, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Right. But he suggests that taking it below room temperature is how you end up with flubber. What he would have opened uh, within that container by making it very, very, very cold. I think he says like 37 Kelvin. 77 degrees Kelvin. Yeah, so extremely goddamn That's cold. so cold. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He would open up a block of glass that would have shattered. Yeah, uh, but instead it was a, a little dancing man. Yeah, it was a little dancy boy. A little dancy boy. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's like m- minus 300 Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking... It's ridiculous. Really fucking cold. It's minus 300, like, Celsius, isn't it? Like... Uh, I don't know the Celsius conversion. No, wait. Fuck, I don't remember. Oh, you're gonna goof this up? That's cool. I can... I can cut this part out. Is it 273? It's minus 200 Celsius. There we go. Minus 200. Okay, minus 200. Yeah, Yeah, minus 200. Because 273... Negative 273 Celsius is zero Kelvin. Yes. Okay, There you go. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, listeners. I know you don't care, but I <laughs> I took physical chemistry and I need to prove you to myself to get that sure, it was sure. something. <laughs> um, so, uh, I guess science zero, flubber one. So far, yeah. The, okay. the other quote that I wanted to talk about, uh, mm-hmm. there's a scene where Robin Williams is... Oh, it's the same scene, actually, where he's creating flubber, and he applies electricity to the reaction. And he, he goes, it's ready. Organic catalyst. He's I'm like muttering to himself at this point. The positive and the negative. Little touch of electricity. Uh, and then he zaps the container that it's in. This is actually, although he's just saying a bunch of bullshit and making magical dancing flubber, um, this is actually correct. So when presumably whatever he's doing, adding electricity, uh, so in the form of chemical energy, and by applying an electrical charge, this would technically speed up this it could speed up a reaction so sure whatever catalyst is in there he's putting extra energy into the system the catalyst could speed up this reaction whatever that is hey kenan you know what the organic catalyst is that he puts in what is it it's a piece of his hair oh my god i forgot he goes uh, <laughs> a little organic catalyst and then uh, pulls off a clump of his hair and just drops it on in there <laughs> that's that that would not that would hey, not you know what that's not that's not a catalyst. It's not a catalyst. It is a, organic. It's just hair. That's a dormant. It's organic. A very dormant hair. Yes, that is not I would reactive say, whatsoever. I would say that you're being too skeptical. It's very clearly a catalyst for flubber. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got me there. You got me there. That's all I had for these two stupid scenes. Thank you. Okay, so Kenan? adding electricity, not a bad idea. Putting your hair in as an organic catalyst, very not effective. Very not. So I'm going to get... 
I'm going to give the science a, a point oh oh one, and uh, <laughs> Flubber gets a one point nine nine nine. That's I think those are fair ratings, honestly. Perfect. So far. Okay. Guys, I don't know what all the other science we should cover in this film. I know we have some really good listener questions that are going to bring up some good topics, but um, well, we can't do those yet. We, we can't. can't. Yeah. So what I'm curious is, what are our other main hits here? There's another, like, actual scientific claim, I guess, that he makes when he's making the flubber. So if you guys remember, I was talking about how he put it in his car engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, before he puts it in the car and he's testing out, he's like, I don't remember the exact quote, but he says something about, if I can modulate the gamma radiation flux, I should be able to control where the flubber moves. Um, so oh using God. a remote control uh-huh. and a stick of radioactive something, which is glowing <laughs> uh, like bluish green, yes, yep. it is. he uh, moves flubber around and has it float in the air while it's inside its container. Yep. So I think we can talk about some of the misconceptions maybe in this scene. Um, number one, things that are radioactive do not uh, glow. At all. Yeah. Really. <laughs> unless unless something's like really fucking unless like they're so radioactive that they are like ionizing the air around them. Um, which is like the radioactivity is like messing with the molecules in the air. Sometimes that can give off like a glow. Mm-hmm. But that's generally like a larger scale, like you can see it on the atmosphere, like around like like when Chernobyl happened or something like that. Right, you right, can, right. You sure. can see that. Yeah. Not like a stick of uranium that um this professor somehow acquired. I don't know yeah, how he got it, but hey, just for all I know I hope that most people know this. Uh run of the mill scientists, especially those just like at small colleges can't just get sticks of radioactive material no i yeah i worked with radioactive iodine in grad school you will not believe the mountain of paperwork yeah right that i had to do just to get like i would say it's probably like one billionth of the amount that this guy clearly had <laughs> like it's just such a such yeah. a small amount yeah, just available right. yeah um and so basically so he used the radiation it doesn't glow I don't know what he means by gamma radiation flux because, like, if you have uranium and it's radioactive, it's going to be emitting gamma radiation at a, like, specific interval. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't really, like, fluctuate. I mean, there are ways in a reactor to change it, but I don't think he had a nuclear reactor. Like, he just looked like he put it in a the tank with flubber. I mean, radiative flux is a thing. Um, it's like, it, it basically like is a, uh, depending, depending on what you're talking about, we could just say flux in general is like a way of measuring the amount of power in a given area, like in doing something. So radiated flux is the amount of power radiated through a given area. So you can say like in the form of photons or something like that. Um, so like, presumably he can say, all right, well, he's like dumping a specific amount of power or a specific amount of radiation from whatever, uh, power source he's using. But then again, like what he's doing, he's, he's, he's saying that flubber is like a power source, but he just stuck a power source into the car. Like, yeah, right. (laughs) I don't understand like what the radiation is doing to Flubber. Like yeah. apparently like Flubber is just responsive to the direction of radiation, yeah. but I don't even know how that happens. So anyways, that's just another, I'm going to give that one in the Flubber category. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no, no for science. That's a big no. He also, just because you put this in your car, like I don't understand here's another fucking thing he puts the shit in his car he's yeah. flying around your steering wheel only turns the wheels it makes, of your goddamn so, it makes car. no sense oh like, <laughs> so he hooks it yes. up he like says something like i rigged it up so that the wheel turns the the flubber too and you're like okay but a wheel is not going to turn your thing in like fucking three dimensions no. like that yeah. like i don't understand so yeah he just has a glowing like a glowing metal case under the hood that moves when he moves the wheel and somehow that allows him to turn whatever yeah it's buck wild man whatever yeah, so that's another uh quote science 
thing in the movie. Sure. Something that Pace had brought up before we started recording uh, was this idea of like what Flubber might actually be. And one thing that I wanted to talk very briefly about, if we can, yeah, is that uh, Flubber is an actual thing, but it is a common name that refers to rubbery polymers. Specifically, I some of our listeners may have made like silly putty in school before, like when they're younger, uh, like out of Elmer's glue or like shaving cream, basically. Right. I think uh, some like you can do like a similar thing with cornstarch and water. Uh, but all of these are making what are known as non-Newtonian fluids. So flubber specifically is like a rubbery polymer that you can use by cross-linking polyvinyl alcohol. Uh, with some sort of boron compound. So easily translatable for us, Elmer's glue, which is a PVA or polyvinyl alcohol type adhesive, uh, and borax, if you mix them together, you get flubber. And once you mix them together, it's just like goopy substance that when you move very slowly... It's slime. Yeah, it's slime. When you yeah. when you and and what makes it quote unquote non Newtonian, it means it reacts differently depending on what sort of mechanical stress you put on it. So if you like very slowly push your fingers into it, it will like flow around around you like a viscous liquid. But if you hit it with a hammer, it'll either bounce off or in some cases you can make non Newtonian fluids that will actually shatter. Uh, and that's because the type of mechanical stress you're applying on them is different. Instead of behaving behaving like a classical Newtonian fluid, like water or something like that. So would some other examples of this be like, I don't know, shampoo or like um mm-hmm. ketchup? Yeah, actually Th- ke- things like that. Ketchup is a very good example. Wait, what? Yeah. Ke- what? Ke- yeah, ketchup is non Newtonian. Um, so there are like different types of non-Newtonian fluids. Wait, oh, that's why when you shake the bottle, right? Yeah. It actually like loosens it up. Yeah, right. Because the more it moves, actually the more that ketchup moves, it becomes more viscous. Um, Right. Which is why when you shake the bottle, yeah, you can get more ketchup out of it. Otherwise it will separate into the the different, I don't know, different different phases or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And then like there are other examples are like there's this, uh, a, a type of substance called uh, Bingham plastics. Um, and these are actually like examples of other types of fluid. Uh, and this is one of my favorite things about physics and material sciences. They have crazy fucking names for basically everything. <laughs> here's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's an example of a Bingham plastic. Uh, mayonnaise. Wait, what? Yeah mayonnaise and the reason is is because bingham plastics uh they're these like elastic type materials sort of like what we've been talking about with like flubber and ketchup and whipped cream and things like that but these behave specifically as a rigid body at low stresses so you can do things like form peaks with them they'll hold shape but the minute you apply high stress so like pressure or like shear stress um so like passing through a um uh, like passing through tubing or something like that. If it's so forced like through tubing, mixing. Uh-huh. exactly. They start flowing like regular fluids. Mm. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah, there's a name for all these things, which is great. It's wild. Yeah, that's, that's... mayonnaise. The Bingham plastic. <laughs> the Bingham plastic. Mayonnaise. <laughs> Could you imagine going to the grocery store and just all the <laughs> bottles of mayo just say Bingham plastic? Tasty on Bingham it. plastic. <laughs> that's a very good mar- marketing scheme, right? To sell mayonnaise, <laughs> people would people would eat that shit up. I see why they were like, let's just call it, it mayonnaise. Up. Yeah. I think Bingham plastic, people aren't really feeling it. Polymer yeah. scientists were like, oh, yeah, Bingham plastic, like mayonnaise and chocolate. And food scientists were like, no, 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 stop. Don't say these things. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ketchup, ketchup used to just say non Newtonian tomato gourd. <laughs> yeah, I was like, right. Yeah, people right. don't want this. You know? No, they don't. <laughs> a, Mom, can you pass me the non Newtonian tomato gourd? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's on the fucking Jetsons. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, good. Wow, there's what, what a lot, a lot of science in this movie. I guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I figured actually another thing that we could talk about is like, flubber is supposed to be like a limitless source of energy, mm-hmm. right? And that's why every time he puts flubber coating something, it just like bounces because apparently that's like it would it would be endless pot- potential energy. Right, it'd be, it would be endless potential energy that is released mm-hmm. somehow upon impact. Right, right. So it would have right. to be releasing energy somehow to be donating its energy to these things. Exactly. So that that's the thing we're going to talk about. Like there are some, uh, I guess, the laws of thermodynamics, which we don't have to go super into detail on all of them. But one of the 
really important ones is the law of conservation of energy too, where it's basically like energy cannot be created or destroyed. So if energy is being put into something, it's got to come from somewhere. You can't have energy out of nothing. You can't have like a limitless source of energy. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't make any sense. Right. So like, if you take a bouncy ball, like a Super Bowl or something that you got from your fucking 25 cent gachapon machine in the 90s, um, and you like drop it and it bounces up, it's never going to bounce higher than the height that it was dropped from. Mm-hmm. Because the energy going into that bounce is coming from the height of like from gravity, basically pulling the ball down. And so if you were in, like, a world with no friction or no nothing, like, no friction at all, yeah, or air resistance or anything like that, the ball would just return to the same height every time it bounced. But because we're not in a perfect world and there's air resistance and there's friction when it hits the ground and stuff, the ball will always bounce slightly less high and over and over and over until it's not bouncing anymore. Right. So that is just how, like transfer of energy works because when that ball hits the ground some of that energy is being transferred into the ground and some of it's being transferred into the air particles around it Mm -hmm. so when you put flubber on something and you drop a golf ball from like you know arm arm height or shoulder height or whatever and it just speeds around your house like a bullet that doesn't make any sense unless the flubber is actually like giving energy somehow yeah yeah yeah. and if that were the case the flubber would be like losing some sort of energy right you would have to like um i think if we if we want to dip our toe into thermodynamics we can talk about like energy release and energy absorption and classically whenever we think about like the chemical release of energy in order for that to happen you have to have chemical bonds between atoms being formed like, so you need actual energy, like you, you need actual uh, different products formed from two other products in order to create energy from that, like from the initial reaction. So yeah. formed or broken, right? Like, well, so well, breaking, takes- breaking usually absorbs energy, right? Right. So like it requires energy. Right. Well, not, not for like, not for like TNT or something like that though. Like, not for, like, nitrogen compounds, like explosions. Right. Well, I guess what I'm thinking of is more like, uh, like, if we think about, like, natural gas, right? So, like, whenever you burn methane, the reason you get energy out of that is because it's reacting with oxygen, and that forms carbon dioxide and water. Whereas if you're going in the other direction, right, like, breaking chemical bonds, for the most part, requires the input of of energy. But I agree that, like, if you have, have, like, the because like a TNT reaction also like uh, is converting to a different thing afterwards. Like right, there's right. yeah, so like it's still it's still gonna make like there's still gonna be some fucking oxygen involved. Right, exactly. And, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, forming yeah. in something else. So yeah. you're forming a new product, which means like in order for our flubber to be doing anything, it would have to be like forming a new product in order to release right. all this energy. So I don't know what that would be. Maybe we could pretend like flubber reacts with the oxygen in the air then we'd have like fucking flubber residue all over everything there'd be there'd be corpses of flubber all over robin williams house (laughs) i mean the honestly the only way that the ball would bounce around like that is if flubber was just like tiny explosives that were like super powerful yeah it's like every time it hit a (laughs) surface it just exploded and like shot the ball a different direction (laughs) but like which would work for a little bit and then the flubber would all have been exploded and not work anymore because generally like when something explodes it's a chemical reaction and it's mm-hmm. not reversible right like yep. it's done now so that's the only way i could envision that happening but it would not be never ending right it just doesn't work which means sure. all of the like mario jumping noises that we hear whenever like flubber bounces around the house are actually just the tiny screams of the oh, flubber of molecules explosive yeah exactly <laughs> uh-huh. the flubber molecules dying yep that's it yeah i did want to say that i looked this up while you were talking about this so that we can uh so we can address it a little bit but definitely right about tnt breaking down into different components uh during rapid decomposition which then produces an explosion but in order to get the explosion, it has a really high activation energy. Yes, yeah. it does. Which is why people use TNT, because it's not as volatile as like nitroglycerin, right. exactly. which has a very low activation energy. So if you like drop a tube of nitroglycerin, it will just explode. Yep. Yep. Which is apparently what's flubber made. Flubber's just made, made of fucking nitroglycerin. nitroglycerin. 
Yeah. It's fucking great. Exactly. Glycerin. Glycerin. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Whenever we start singing that song, it's bad. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Rating time. Let's fucking plow through these because we got to get to our questions. Do it. Um, Movie. Yes. Science. Energy. One out of out of infinite. It's terrible. No science. It's bad. It's a bad science movie. Yes. Entertainment. Six-year-old Tron fucking loved it. I fucking used to love <laughs> this course. movie. Yes. Uh, 28-year-old Sean? Probably like a two out of ten or something <laughs> like that. It's pretty bad. Yep. So, not good. You guys? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Pace, go ahead. Uh, I would give the science. Do, do we give zeros? Do we do that? Yeah. I think it, we man. reserve zeros for specifically for truly other movies. horrific movies. Yeah. Other movies made by Les Mayfield, uh, like Encino Man. <laughs> I can see no man. I, I would give it a one out of five for the side. That's, that, that's a generous rating. Yeah. I, don't I think really so have too. to go uh, into why. Um, for the uh, entertainment, I'm going to give it a. Oh, <clears throat> I'm going to give it a two out of ten. That's what I'm going to do. So a one out of five. Interesting. Uh, one but out of a two five. out of ten feels more generous. I didn't really like the movie that much. I was bored for most of the time. Um, but it was, it was entertaining from the sake of the wild relationship uh, relationship dynamics between mm-hmm. uh, Robin Williams and his uh, and his very very distant wife and his uh, daughter that he wants to have sex with his robot daughter. Um, Gross. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and um, <laughs> Uh, I guess it was entertaining in regards to the the one squirt gun joke. Aside from that, I that's was what I was about not to say. entertained. Yeah, I so for my science rating, I'm also going to give it a one out of five. Uh, for the entertainment rating, I want to give this movie a one out of five, but the squirt gun joke was a five out of five, so I have <laughs> to give it at least a two out of five. All right, fair. That joke was a five out of five for you. <laughs> Such I you can ask Pace. I was cackling during that scene. Yeah, I mean, I think we infected each other with laughter during that scene. It was what an about active. Shooter Gavin shitting flubber out of his butt. <laughs> that is no. What about no 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 no? What no. about that, Kenneth? Does that does that wet your whistle? I had very big like Frankie Muniz, big fat liar energy, and I fucking yeah, I did. It. Yes. Uh huh. All right, Perfect. let's get to these fucking questions. Okay. Yes. Before we do the questions, oh yeah, 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 it's time for Sean's quote you, segment. Can and do the jingle. All right, you better fucking do this quick. Dun, 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 dun. Here comes Sean with some quotes. Dun, 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 dun. All right, everybody, all welcome to Sean's quote segment. Dun, dun, Guess what? Dun. Rotten Tomatoes only has one quote for this movie, and uh, it is from the. <laughs> It is from uh, Phil Brainerd, the main character, Robin Williams. Here is the quote. The quote is, Phil says, I'm the A, an asshole. (laughs) Does he say that? That is the singular quote from this movie. That's how we know that Rotten Tomatoes is a valuable source for keeping on doing this. They they know what we're looking for. They know what we want. Which character said that? I think I broke it. I broke it. That <laughs> was Phil. Greater <laughs> character says that. Why don't I remember that? <laughs> Fuck. I maybe it was when he was monologuing about how much he like fucked up with Sarah. Holy shit! I think but you're just right. The Sean. way the quotes, it's like I'm the A and asshole. Yeah, like, I think you're right. What? That's the <laughs> takeaway quote from Flubber. It makes no well, sense. But it's I love Rotten it. Tomatoes, so you know. <sighs> Fuck. All right, Sean. Thank you very much. Let's do these questions, boys. Yeah, let's do the questions. Let's do them. Perfect. All right, Pace, what you got? Yeah, we got a couple questions on Twitter from Curtis Ryan DeGraw at AdNormalMormon. Thank you, uh, Curtis, friend of the show and the podcast. Um, what is the <laughs> What would be the closest real-world substance that we could get to something uh, like a, a non-sentient version of Flubber with all of its properties? Mm, Which mm, we, have to, mm. we, we, we talked about that. Uh, the, the sort of uh, the polymer substances that that exist in in today's world, the, the slimes, the slimes. So I had a fun thing for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna chop and screw your question a little bit, Merman. Thank you for your question, by the way. Um, but uh, there are things that occur in nature um, that uh, are they're paraphyletic. So I can't say specifically that they're uh, from 
that, that word is nonsense. Hold on, to hold it. on. I got you. They're not within a single phylum, which means they're taxonomic categorization. So for listeners, their scientific names and how they got them. Uh, they come from several different areas of taxonomy. So like fungus or uh, uh, anything in like um, animalia or anything like that. So you know what I've I've learned doing this show with you, Kenan? Yeah, that you're a real nerd for taxonomy. Listen, shit. no, I fucking hate taxonomy. <laughs> Don't you, talk about it you, all the time. You talk about it a lot more than I thought anyone Stop. would. No, who hates it? No, I'm deleting all of this. Um, there are things that exist called slime molds, um, which are these like multicellular, sometimes single cellular, like nasty conglomerations of individual organisms. Uh, I don't have like a very good way to describe these things other than the fact that they're like a bunch of eukaryotic organisms that can live freely as single cells, but will then aggregate to produce these like giant reproductive structures. So what's important is that all of these individual cells get into a big fuck pile and then just like slime themselves on the side of like, like rotten wood, basically. (laughs) (laughs) nice they're formally classified as fungi um but because they're not in like a single group um and can span multiple uh phylum uh they've been like reclassified but the important thing is is that like when you see these bad boys like they have all kinds of terrible names like uh there's one uh falugo septica that's called the dog vomit slime mold and if you look up pictures of it you'll go yeah i understand why they called this the dog vomit slime mold (laughs) gross gross Slime molds actually like for listeners who are like, whoa, this sounds wild. It's actually like pretty common. Like it's you can see it in your backyard a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be like it'll look like a big yellow blob of like fungi growing on something. Yeah, but it is pretty cool. Yeah, it does like operate single celled and multicellular. So that is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could be like flubber because you can break it apart, right? Yeah, exactly. And they like, I don't know. I it's it's like a conglomeration, which flubber felt like it was, right? Like. You know, it, it formed a, yeah, a much bigger organism at some point, but also like lots of teeny, 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 tiny ones all at the same time. Yes. Yeah, it's like the Flubber Borg hide, hive mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we we are all Flubber now. Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> all right. You will be assimilated. All right. Thank you so much um, for your question, Merman. Thank you for your question. Uh, and we have one more question from also from Curtis Ryan DeGraw, and that is... Uh, is being absent-minded basically just movie talk for ADD uh, slash ADHD? And what is the science behind those issues? <sighs> this is a good question. Uh, and actually, I was so refreshed to see this because it meant that we could stop talking about, about um, the most boring of science, materials science. Um, so <laughs> wow. uh, Shit, got him. this is a topic that I actually would love to cover in more detail on a different episode because there's a lot of misconceptions about ADD and ADHD. Uh, but for now, Merman, all I will say is that um, – if uh, Philip Brainerd had some form of ADHD, there is a subtype of ADHD uh, that is called uh, inattentive ADHD. Um, and it's a subtype that thinks about 25% of all people with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is characterized by the kind of sim- the symptoms that you would um, that you would suspect, you know, that kind of limited attention span, the inability to maintain even the most like simplest, most mundane tasks about yourself, like pay bills and clean up your apartment. Which makes sense given Brainerd's character and the way that his house is kept. And you know there are some um, uh, neuroimaging studies that have been looked that have looked at you know what's the neurological basis for ADHD. It is hereditary, and you know it's thought to be due to the disruption of of certain types of neurotransmitters or like chemical messengers of the brain mm-hmm. that make your brain work, like uh, dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine. But that's about it. That's what's known. I, I think it's possible because there are still you can still be functional. If you have this type of ADHD, um, or at least functional to the degree that Philip Brainerd is, is functional and where he misses two of his weddings. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I would argue that the level of absentmindedness portrayed by Dr. Brammerd in this movie is so extreme that there's no way he would be able to invent something like flubber there's just literally no way he would be like oh i forgot to take my notes on what i was doing and i don't know what's Mm -hmm. happening yeah because i don't know what i added like even with weibo he's like yeah i had an accident while i was creating her and now she's like fucking cool you're like what yeah what yeah 
Like, what does that even mean? As like, as a scientist with rampant ADHD, I can tell you, it doesn't mean you're very good at focusing on one thing and bad at focusing on everything else. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. Like, that just means you have... That's something else. That's called fucking flubberitis. Yeah, like, he's got flubberitis. Yeah, I have known many scientists with ADHD, and it's not like, you know... They're fucking clowns with everything except science. They're clowns <laughs> with everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but not as extreme. Yeah, like, exactly. It's it's you know more easily manageable. Like if you can't forget if you forget your own wedding three times when someone reminds you that day multiple times, like they're just that's wild. Yeah. yeah. You you, at that point, uh, if you're able to remember everything else about science, but you don't remember your own wedding, you're an asshole. You're not. Yeah, you you put. I'd say you put the A in asshole. Yeah, at that put the point. A in asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you for your questions, uh, mm-hmm. Merman, and uh, that's that's like that's a good job, boys. That's a good well, job. Well, we do have one more question, and we can be very brief. Yeah, I don't think it. Um, I, I I think I can like answer this fairly succinctly. Uh, so on our Instagram, which is at Real Science Cast oh, on Instagram oh, no. uh, we got oh, no. uh. From our very persistent boy, uh, Doug, Doug the Scientist on Instagram, uh, he asked a question about Flubber, and he said, uh, Honecker sends his guard, Wesson, played by Ted Levine, to steal the Flubber. But since Wesson is really General McGrath from Wild Wild West, does that mean that Dr. (laughs) Arliss Loveless is really behind Flubber? Um so I did some research into this, and oh, oh no, thank you. Kenan. And the answer, Kenan, Kenan, <laughs> you have a life. You have other things. You don't. You don't need to. You don't need well, to do this. Boys, we can put this to bed very easily. And the answer is no, okay. because Arliss Loveless is primarily concerned with uh, renegotiating the bounds of the United States in order to uh, keep territories for him and all of his rich friends who were once part of the Confederate Army, but now are angry that the United States outlawed slavery and overthrew the Confederate oh. States of America. Mm. Uh, Mm-hmm. Whereas blood, uh, this movie general sounds extremely problematic. It's extremely problematic. General McGrath, also known as Bloodbath McGrath, uh, was an ex-Confederate general uh, who only took credit for the murder the murder of swaths of people in a town called New Liberty that was actually carried out by uh, by Arliss Loveless. So actually, Doctor Brainerd created Flubber. But Loveless powers everything on Steam, so I don't think there's any reason that he would be interested in uh, Flubber. So whatever no, General McGrath is doing, I think, is he's doing for his own ends. But thank you for your question, Doug. I appreciate it. <laughs> now that Kenan's cut that out, um, <laughs> but thanks for listening, everyone, I guess. Uh, yeah, that was um, that was way more Wild Wild West than I ever wanted in this show. Mm-hmm. I think I might have to quit now because it's just Doug has... Info- Doug has reached his fucking brain slug into Kenan's mind and fucking inception wild wild west in his brain <laughs> but i can tell you now now that we've covered the science of wild wild west uh in brief there's no point we doing the don't movie. ever have to do the movie which is great so thank you very much doug i appreciate you freeing us from that yeah, thanks, yeah doug. thanks doug yeah um if you want to get a question on the show uh go to our uh for starters you can go to our website so realsciencecast.com where we have a listing of all of our social media and a way to contact us uh, directly on the website through a form that is easily fillable. Uh, you can also just reach out to us on Twitter at Real Science Cast, on Instagram at Real Science Cast. You can check out our Facebook, just search Real Science Cast up in that big old search bar right over there. And then you can also send us an email, realsciencecast at gmail.com. There is also a really bad picture of me on the website, so be sure to go check that oh, out. Yeah, I need to. Up- yeah, can I, we need to up those. those <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Picture, new picture, but I don't have anything from Sean. Sean's got a nice beard now, and the people need to see it. The problem is, I want to go find a picture of me, and like, it's always me and Sarah all the time. Which, like, I guess I could just give you, but you like, could also just ask Sarah to take a picture of you. Yeah, I was going to. She's not here this whole week, so I'm going to ask her when she gets <laughs> all right, back. Do that. I will Perfect. text her too, and just remind her. Yeah, go check out our website. We got a lot of nice, cool stuff on there. Uh, we also have uh, an amazing graph that was made to show all the metrics of all the ratings we've ever given on any of our movies uh, made by a beautiful listener, Bartholomew Hoffman. Thank you, Bart. Indeed. Thanks, Bart. Just like Bart. No. Um, if anyone wants to vote on what I should be doing in the picture that I'm going to send to Ken for the website, just uh, put that on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Give me your suggestions, yep. you know. Um, so far, I've got weightlifting, drinking a beer, mm-hmm. um, maybe like 
you know, wearing petting your cat. scientist wig, petting my cat, like, you know, doing stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's actually a good Perfect. point. We should, uh, in addition to whatever questions you want to send us, you should also uh, tell us exactly what, what you want Sean to be doing in the picture. I'll, I'll make a poll on Twitter. It'll be good. It'll and be speaking fine. of cats, if you have any questions about cats, you should send your questions to realsciencecats at gmail.com. Perfect. So I was thinking, we have an idea for the next movie that we're going to cover. We've already talked about how you can get us questions. So you should get us some questions about uh, neurodevelopmental types, about mental disorders, and things of that nature, because we're going to watch Pace. We're going to watch A Beautiful Mind. That's right. The uh, 2001 film starring Russell Crowe. And I think this is going to be a good opportunity for us to cover those topics. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's a bio, biographical drama film based on the life of John Na- John Nash, uh, who is a Nobel laureate in economics, and from my understanding, is a very loose basis on his life. But it'll be very loose. It'll be a good springboard for talking about things. If it matters, he he develops uh, paranoid sch- uh, schizophrenia and uh, starts to develop uh, delusional episodes um, while he's going through some some sort of personal trauma. Mm-hmm. So if, if that if that interests you or you have questions about that. Um, send them to us. Yeah. Any questions you have on like neurodevelopmental disorders or anything of that nature, and we can uh, try and talk about how these types of uh, brain functioning may affect different things like emotion, learning ability, self-control, memory, that type of stuff. So hit us yes. with questions in all the places that we've listed. Uh, if you want to support the show monetarily, you can go check us out on Patreon, uh, where soon we'll be adding new tiers for specific content. We've got some content that we've been recording, and I'm going to edit it very soon. We're going to make more, and we're going to try and get that out for our good 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 patreon subscribers um yeah so sweet thanks oh and tell a friend please it's like the best thing you could possibly do it is it always is yeah if you please please please. if you like the show tell a friend and go interact with our posts share our posts tell your parents tell your grandparents tell their parents uh tell your cousins tell your dog if your dog has a phone Mm -hmm. give us a five-star rating on itunes on their phone Mm -hmm. and if your dog has questions about cats tell him to send those questions to <laughs> so, real science cats at gmail.com you're right that's a, that's the perfect place for any of those questions mm-hmm. absolutely yep. i also want to thank uh listener and patron uh curtis ryan DeGroff for suggesting flubber to us uh thank you very much yes thank you this was quote unquote fun <laughs> yes this was a uh quote unquote real good time <laughs> r-e-e-l all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I love you all. My name is Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. I'm Michael Pace, and I'm exasperated. And thanks to Otis McDonald for the use of his song, Third Eye Blimp, as the intro and outro of our podcast. And remember, you don't Deal. need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes Pace exasperated. But you should. You really should. Just do it. <laughs>